just a talking. Welcome to Just a Ticket, the bi-weekly Transport for Wales podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our train naming competition, the magnificent train journey, and also how we're launching an educational pack aimed at school children, teaching them how to travel sustainably into the future. Today I'm pleased to be joined by Megan Roseblade and Kathy Jones. Welcome both to the podcast. Megan, do you want to give us a brief introduction to what you do at TFW? Yeah, of course, James. So um, I am the government relations manager. Um, my job is kind of helping the government ministers in uh, understanding the way that transport works in Wales, um, answering their questions about train particularly. They often get asked questions either by constituents um, in letters or in the Senate, and I help them kind of come up with answers for that. And you've sort of led in this this project that we're going to talk about. I have, yeah. So I before I became the government relations manager at Transport for Wales, I was a secondary school teacher. Um, so I've picked up this as it's one of our kind of main education projects. And yourself, Geth? Uh, well, I'm a business support manager in the communications and engagement team at Transport for Wales. Uh, my role primarily with the Magnificent Train Journey has been supporting uh, Meg in delivering some of the outputs, but also addressing it to our advisory panel as part of our advisory architecture, which I'll mention shortly, but making sure basically that the Children Commissioner in Wales and other representative groups have had their say in the competition. So to kick us off, Megan, can you tell us a little bit about the Magnificent Train Journey? So the Magnificent Train Journey is a journey that takes children in Wales and its borders on a journey through the past, through Wales's history of um, of railways, through different stories around Wales. And it all comes together to originally to name trains in Wales and the borders. So we set up a competition um, and this was the whole campaign that we went alongside the the competition with. So what was the competition? What did they have to do? What did the children have to do? The children had to come up with some sort of creative way to name a train. So we accepted entries that were stories, that were poems or that were drawings. Um, And the child had to come up with a creative name that they wanted to call the train um, and then have an explanation of why that name was important. So the competition was originally launched in February 2021. And have we selected the winners? We have. So the competition went out in February 2021 and we have selected now, I think it's 111 winners of the competition. So we've got 150 brand new trains coming in and they will start to come out with names on them, which is really exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the winners or any nice stories? So I think my favourite one was um, Ruab on Ruby Rooster. Uh, I'm going to read an extract from the entry just because I thought it was so nice. Um, So this came from Ruby, who lives in Ruabon. She says she was eating a cornflakes and she wondered why the rooster on the box, uh, wondered why they had a rooster on the box. Um, And they did some investigation and the story is is as such. There was a lady and her name was Nancy Richards and she was born in Oswestry. So obviously just on the the railway line from Ruabon. Um, She went to America to play the harp and she met a man called Will Kellogg. She told him that his name sounded like the Welsh word for a rooster. Um, What's the Welsh word for a rooster, Gerth? Kellogg. Kellogg. So Kellogg sounded just like Kellogg. And Mr. Kellogg, he really liked that and it gave him an idea. So he put the rooster on every box of cornflakes that he made and he even used the colours of the Welsh flag. So red, green and white for the rooster. And so that's a true story. It's a true story. And I didn't know it. I don't think any of us would know it. I didn't know that, no. And it's just become like the thing that 
uh, whenever I think of this competition, it's the one that I go to in my mind because of like, that's so cool. Like I learned a thing from it. It's really like, it's fun, but it's also about Welsh history, about Welsh language. What was really uh, brilliant to see was the range of names and entries we had and a lot of Welsh language names as well. So um, for instance, we had Coy de Bleidiau, Arianwen, Sigontium. Um we had some coverage on S4C as well on the Heno program to help boost the competition and to get young people inspired to give in their entries. Um, one of the winning names was Trafont uh, Abermau, uh, which is Barmouth Viaduct. And the story behind that is another one similarly, which is uh, a very nice story, really. It's about uh, a boy called Ivan who patiently waits uh, for the viaduct over Barmouth to be built. And the reason he's waiting patiently is because he wants to go and visit his granddad on the other side of the estuary. Um he just waits and waits and waits and when it's finished he's overjoyed and he travels across for the first time to go and visit his granddad uh, in order to give him a hug and a kiss and that was a short story by a six-year-old and it was just quite heartwarming stories really we were we were quite taken aback by the range of stories and how creative they were for such young ages really I think so yeah it was very 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 uh, wholesome uh, content that came through as part of the competition and it's it's great to hear them young stories because it, it gets them involved with the, the transformational program that TFW is implementing as well. Yeah, completely. And that was um, kind of part of why we why we did it because, you know, we didn't need to name the trains or we could have just named the trains after members of staff or something. Yeah. But, you know, it was really important to us that we encourage children to get excited about the transformation that's happening now so that they can go on to become train users. At the moment, um, as TFW, one of our kind of strategic objectives is what we call modal shift so it's all about getting people out of their cars and onto public transport or onto active travel whereas with this competition we're thinking you know if we can get the children interested in it while they're 10 years old we won't need to go through this modal shift with them when they're adults because they'll start out as rail users yeah exactly and so how do we how do we judge the winners who selected the winners what was the process we broke the judging panels into regionals and also a main judging panel. So we had the uh, Equality and Human Rights Commissioner. Uh, we had the Children's Commissioner as well. Um, and we also involved staff, frontline staff at TFW as well to help us in uh, choosing or shortlisting names. Um, we also worked closely with Grace Webb from CBBC, who helped us choose uh, those names as well. But yes, it was uh, the the process. We wanted it to be quite fair and sort of open, and um, we ensured basically that we had a set of guidelines for the winning names. So we wanted them to truly be inspirational and representative of areas across Wales and the borders. Um, so we had entries from Cheshire down through Shropshire to Herefordshire as well, and Monmouthshire. Um, and I think to go back on what Meg just said as well, I think it's important that we uh, inspired a generation as well. So this competition is only one step of many. We want to ensure that that generation that's coming up now, yeah. who are very climate aware, um, feel part of the transformation work we're doing at Transport for Wales to make sustainable transport options the go-to way of getting around. So, um, yeah, it's it's been an inspirational journey and it's only one of many things that we're going to be looking at doing uh, in the short, medium and long-term future. Uh, you might be aware that we've got work taking place on our uh, youth charter, youth and children's charter, and we work closely with the... Uh, children's and young people's commissioner to to work on that and to build it into something tangible that we're hoping to launch later this year or 
this spring, actually. Uh, and it forms part of a wider piece of work that TFW is committed to doing. So one of our values is putting the customer at the heart of everything we do. We also realize that a lot of those customers may not be customers yet. So they're still in that young age range and uh, in schools and so on. So our engagement in that field will continue to grow this year as well. And as we emerge out of the shadow of the pandemic, hopefully we can go out and about into schools, colleges uh, and work with young people uh, in a much more engaging way, really. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really interesting point there, Geth. So we, we talked a little bit about the competition and how important that is to get youngsters involved in the work TFW is doing and advocates for the future. But the youth charter is something a bit different. Um, so is that getting young people together so they've got a, we can listen to their views and how they want to see the transport network in the future? Is that what the charter will do? Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, it's it'll be a fundamental piece um, that we can turn to when we're making decisions as TFW. Um, we can engage with young people to seek their views on all kinds of things. So from ticketing, pricing, safety, um, things we know that young people uh, have a say and are passionate about. So we'll be looking to get their views more so this year than ever, especially as people are coming back to transport and traveling. Um, we have our advisory panel in place at Transport for Wales. It's an independent advisory panel made up of commissioners and representatives from the business world, uh, from Sustrans and so on. And that panel's purpose is to really give us uh, scrutiny and advice and for us to tell them our intentions of what we want to do and whether we're doing the right thing and where we can do things better, where we can improve. And as part of that, we have identified that we could create and we will create a young people's advisory panel as part of that. So it means we'll have a dedicated group of young people from across Wales and the borders, from different backgrounds, representative of different groups who can help us shape our agenda around ensuring public transport and multimodal means of transport are doing the right thing for the right people in the right places. So it'll be an exciting year and it'll be really exciting to get that panel up and running and working closely as well with the Welsh Youth Parliament as well on some of those elements. And what's the date for that? Have you got a rough idea? Uh, We'll be looking to uh, tie it in closely with uh, the work around the magnificent train journey. So we'll be looking at March and spring, basically, yeah. But it'll be be a continuous piece of work as well. So even though it'll be launched this year, it'll be something that we're committed to deliver on throughout the year and over the next couple of years as well. Excellent. As well as the competition, there's a there's a learning pack that goes out to the schools. Can you tell us a little bit about the learning pack and, and why we did it? So when um, we started the competition, it was that, that strange time last year where we were in and out of lockdowns and we weren't really sure whether schools were open or not. Um, so we wanted to do something that would allow primary schools to really get involved in this in a way that made it com- like as simple for them as they possibly could. Um, so... I worked with a lovely lady called Prith and we put together a learning pack um, for primary school teachers to use either inside the classroom or at home. It works both ways um, and it is an interactive pack that the children can work through on the on their own. Yeah. Um, and it comes with five different subjects. The subjects are, um, there's one about sustainability, there is about the history of railways in wales and the borders because it started in wales which is so cool yeah um there's one about the stories in wales so different myths and legends around the country um and there's one about places to visit and then the final version the final uh subject was creation stations that was where we were asking children to make their their competition entries 
Um, but, you know, being an ex-teacher, I made sure it all fitted in with curriculum. I went through and matched it to different subjects and different um, learning areas. So we've got bits of geography in there, bits of maths, bits of English. Um, but it's all really well highlighted. And if you're a teacher and you're looking to use this, there is a teacher pack that goes alongside that. Um, like the learning packs then that has a teacher guide and the teacher guide has lesson plans in it for you and in each one it shows the exact area of the curriculum that you can tick off and say yeah I'm working on this with this so yeah it's really easy to use yeah it's also a great resource um, for parents and guardians as well if over you know, it's over Easter holidays or summer holidays it's really it's not strictly just for classrooms re- uh, either so it can be used at any sort of setting if you've mm-hmm. got children or young people you want to entertain them with something and going back to the piece of engagement and think you know you're engaging with the young people but as you say if the parents are getting involved you, you're bringing them along on the journey as well what we're doing definitely yeah and i think that's that's part of um that's part of the campaign as well really it's to make sure that we're inspiring young people yes but also parents it might open some eyes about journeys they can take uh in a more sustainable means um we're very keen on promoting uh the Magnificent Train Journeys pack as well this year at some major cultural events in Wales. So the Earth Eisteddfod, the National Eisteddfod later on this year, um, whether they be in person or digitally, we're hoping to sort of tap into that as well and make sure that this is a uh, part of our our presence at those events this year. And I think it's really, you know, it's key that we sort of recognise that transport is this link between everything across Wales and by uh, by going to these different events we're highlighting the culture of Wales is a really important part of what we do in a transport for Wales as well yeah it's part of the uh, the future generations a vibrant culture and Wales being a fantastic place or wanting to be at the forefront of being a promoter of sustainable public transport then this forms part of it in a, in a fantastic way and um yeah it's 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 just exciting as well we're getting new trains coming to Wales and the borders um you know we're in we're in a great position where there'll be some exciting things arriving that people will be able to see on the network near the in their neighborhoods in their communities so yeah i think it's uh, i'm excited about it and i'm not uh, a young person anymore i wouldn't class myself <laughs> as one but it's very exciting and i and i look forward to seeing the names on the sides of uh, the trains yeah and i I, th- I think what's really nice about it is the girl that would give the name of the what's it again the ruby ruaban ruby rooster Ru- ruaban ruby rooster she's going to grow up and th- that train will probably still be running when she grows up and potentially when she has children and this sort of leaves a legacy as well for them to sort of be part of the journey yeah definitely yeah i it'll be it'll be a great uh it'll be great for the people who have, have sent those names uh and who have been competition winners to actually see the, the, their names on the side of the train so hopefully we'll be able to do some events around that as well um i don't know when we're estimating that's going to take place but it'll be soon and that that was my next question really for meg and what's the plan now to to do ceremonies when people when the children can name these trains to get them up you know what what's the what's the plan for the next few years of that yeah so um it's quite difficult to bring trains onto a network i think we've got some content on that if you're really interested in going and learn about that probably done a few podcasts <laughs> on that as well <laughs> yeah um so as soon as we've started to get trains into the network we can yeah. start naming them um and we're really hoping that you know we'll be out of covid restrictions and everything by then so we'll be able to do some naming ceremonies um and get some primary school children to come and name physically see the trains that they have named um maybe cut a ribbon and those sorts of things so it should be really nice yeah it sounds really good so to move us on to the sort of future 
we've talked about the ceremonies, that's the next step of actually naming them. But there's also some work you've done about revamping the educational packs so they can be used again. Do you want to t- tell us a little bit about that, Megan? Yeah, so the learning packs, as I mentioned, um, it went alongside the competition, but obviously the competition is now kind of done insofar as, you know, you can't enter anymore, sorry. But um, we wanted to keep that learning pack alive because it was it's beautiful, honestly, you should go and look at it, it's gorgeous. Um, but it's also really, really useful and it's got so much valuable information in it. But it isn't relevant to have information about a competition that's no longer um no longer running so we kind of worked out to between us what kind of things we actually want children to get involved in now so as well as getting them to use the trains um the thing that we decided was the most important was about climate change um and taking action against climate change so we have revamped the pack um to help the the children to become climate change advocates i think that's a really nice idea as well so so the educational packs are going to focus on Help, well, training the children, how they can become advocates for climate change in the future, which is probably the most important topic that's going to affect their generation, really. Definitely, yeah. It was always part of uh, the magnificent train journey uh, that climate change and sustainability drove a lot of the narrative. But, you know, what we've seen in the last couple of years is, is an acceleration of young people's awareness of those things and of those matters and issues that are local to them. So it's no longer seen as a global thing that's happening over there. It's very much happening on the doorsteps of this generation of young people. So we want to help them in a way as well to, to inspire them. And if anybody listening has any more ideas about what we can do in that field, then we're more than happy to engage with them. And also doing this in Welsh and English as well. So all the materials are bilingual and available in both yeah. languages. It's a first in a way it's, you know, it's very at the forefront of, transport operator uh, doing something to really tackle the issues that are apparent to young people so yeah it'll evolve no doubt as the years continue as well and um, it's not something that we're just going to leave on the shelf and reference it's something that we want to constantly be pushing in our sort of communications work and our campaigns and yeah. in our events so yeah we're um it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon so we're sticking to it and I think it's, you know, we, we, we're changing the way we're traveling, we're, we're transforming the network. And a lot of that is to to create a more sustainable network for a more sustainable way for people to travel. But this work is really important in educating them young people to, to encourage them to make that modal shift as well. Yeah, well, as I said before, hopefully they won't even have to make a modal shift because they'll get engaged in using the trains and understanding climate change, understanding the impact that private vehicles have on climate change right from when they're children. Yeah. We've got whole sections about that in in the learning pack, um, as well as some really just really nice stuff about biodiversity. There's some instructions in there to make a bug hotel, which is really lovely. And I can't wait to see some pictures that people have made of them. I haven't. I might try and make my own. Actually, I've never created a bug hotel, but I've read the material, and it is something that uh, is quite exciting, mm-hmm. quite interesting thing to do in the spring now, especially. Yeah. So we've talked about the the educational pack and the how that you know the sort of the impact that's going to have on the younger generation. But Megan, you have told me previously that there's a there's a fun element to this competition and what you do with the schools as well. And there's a game. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I will do, but first I need to take you up on saying there's also a fun version because the education pack is completely fun. It's all uh, interactive and you click through and it's got polar bears and badges and it's definitely fun. Um, but we have I got a game. <laughs> We've got a game as well um, that we've produced for this competition, but 
honestly I think is great um it's called Root Wrangler in English and I can't remember what the Welsh is but I'm sure Geth will tell me in a minute I believe it's called Cysylltyr Cledrau um so it is um a game it's aimed at children but I think it's fun so adults can clearly play it as well um and you have to it's sort of a puzzle game where you have to build um railway routes for trains to get to places so it's um can you get to the city on time can you catch the bus on time those kinds of things it's just a virtual game it's a virtual game it's on the website um so if you go on to tfw.wales and click on the for kids and schools um it's on there and it's really fun there is a uh, a leaderboard and i am deeply saddened to no longer be on the leaderboard um do we know who's top I can't remember actually. I haven't looked at it for a little while because you have to play all the way to the end to see the the leaderboard, and it's quite tricky. <laughs> it's quite a tricky game, but it's got a fantastic soundtrack jingle as well. So yeah, it has. I like it for that really. And when we built it, it was tested on a seven-year-old who thought it was quite easy. So uh, it just kind of shows, I think, that difference between the way that that children think and adults think. So to finish off, in your certain area in this project, what does success look like? You know, how do you measure success? And and what does that look like over the next few years? Uh, I think uh, this, the success we measured, I think, uh, in both the short term and a long term way. So in the short term, um, people will engage with the packs and the game and all the stuff, the material we've got about it. The long term is that we'll see that gradual shift that Megan has mentioned about that generation being so aware of public transport and uh, sustainable transport means yeah. that we won't have to sort of challenge them to change habits. So um, it'll be that behavioral change that really will be the long-term uh, win out of this, I reckon. And if we inspire one young person or if we inspire a thousand, um, it's a step in the right direction. So hopefully, yeah, it'll have a great legacy. Yeah, and I think on a sort of personal basis as well, as a woman working in the rail industry, um, I'm really hoping we can inspire some young girls to become more engaged in STEM. There is a whole section um, in the in the renewed version of the learning pack um, about careers in the railway. And we've sent Grace Webb to go to a factory to have a look at some trains being built, um, which is really fun and really exciting. So I hope that um, I start to get some more female colleagues in the future as well. I think I, th- I think that's a really uh, important topic because we did a podcast discussing the building of the metro and the opportunity for apprentices and people joining the railway to work on that. But the work that you've done with Grace to encourage youngsters and especially young girls to get involved in them sort of jobs that are probably predominantly thought of as jobs that males do. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not jobs that males do. I mean, the one of the managers at the factory is a lady, she's from Spain, and in Spain, the the factories that they have are completely gender equal, and she can't understand how it's so many more men working in the factory in, in Wales than it is women. You know, it gen- she's genuinely confused by it. So I would hope that we can get to a place where we would also be confused if we saw that. I think traditionally people looked at sort of factory based jobs as uh, being male dominated, but when we visited that factory unit or that assembly unit. It was so technological and so sort of, uh, you know, clinical and clean and, you know, very, very skilled uh, pieces of work that were taking place there in building trains. So anybody can do it, really. There's no reason why it should be one gender over the other. Um, 
so yeah definitely I hope, yeah like Mike says we hope it inspires at the same time and there's lots of opportunities for them sort of jobs in Wales now yeah absolutely apprenticeships as you mentioned um, roles in our team please <laughs> <laughs> yeah. come, come join the Magnificent Railway journey Thanks both. That was a really interesting discussion. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. If anyone's got any questions or comments about what we've discussed, please get in touch with us on social media using the hashtag TFWPod. And now we'll go over to Tim for the news. Thanks, James. On Wednesday, the 23rd of March, Children's Commissioner for Wales Sally Holland was joined by pupils from Funantarf Primary School to launch Transport for Wales's Children and Young People's Charter. The charter will put young people's views at the heart of TFW's work to transform the transport network in Wales. It's going to focus on the traditional barriers to young people using public transport, including cost, safety and access. Pupils from Funantarf also took part in a range of activities which feature in TFW's revamped Magnificent Train Journey education resource. In other news this week, there's been a warning from Transport for Wales and the British Transport Police about the consequences of damaging defibrillators after a spate of vandalisms at stations across Wales. Defibrillators, which are used to give high-energy electric shock to the heart of someone who's in cardiac arrest, are being installed at more than 100 stations across the Wales and Borders network by Transport for Wales. Unfortunately, since their installation, seven incidents of defibrillators being damaged or stolen have been reported including at places like Penkhoid, Ninian Park, Britain Ferry, Sarn, Clandilo and Clandidno. We'd really ask anybody who sees these defibrillators being damaged to contact the British Transport Police immediately. That's all for this episode. Back to you, James. Thanks, Tim. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us about anything we've discussed or about future topics, please get in touch on social media using the hashtag TFWPod.